This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Agency Intelligence, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence. This is Jason Cass, and I'm glad to be back with you, as I always am. I always want to welcome you that way because I really, truly am glad to be back with you. I set eight and nine o'clock of uh, time slots every Tuesday and Thursday, not for the guests but for you as a loyal listener, because I got to stay committed. I'm booked out to about April, and I just want to let you guys know, the content that I'm driving for you guys in the month of May is going to be so exciting, so exciting, and I'm glad to have I'm glad to have you as a loyal listener. If you don't know that, and I've never told you that, I do what I do because I do it for you. Today, I'm going to have Jeff Roy on. You guys all know who he is. Um, I like to call him the Northern Star right? He's who we as independent agents look to, right? Like the wise men looking and following the star of the North. That's what Jeff Roy is to us here in the IA channel. Since we've gotten to know Jeff on an intimate level, us as an industry back in 2013, 14, 15, somewhere in there, we all know that he's added an electric shock to us. And we're really surprised because He's a Canadian, and they're really nice. They're not known for their electricity, but then again, neither is Texas. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so anyways, out there, you know, I heard a great joke out there for you loyal listeners. They said, why are we able to fly a helicopter on Mars, but yet we don't have power in Texas? And that's because scientists are running Mars and Republicans are running Texas. I'm a Republican, so I can say that, but damn, that's true. So anyways, let's get off of that onto the political stuff. AIbrainshare.com, AIbrainshare.com. Go there, AIbrainshare.com. It is an invite-only event. Only 200 people are coming. The only way you can be invited is by Cast Dog right here. If you want to get an invite, because you think Cast probably doesn't know about me, but I want him to know about me and all my awesomeness, go to AIbrainshare.com, click on Invite, and you can fill out your information, and I am personally going to call you and make sure that we can handle your awesomeness. September 13th, 14th, and 15th in San Antonio, Texas at the Grand Hyatt. Marcus Sheridan is going to lead it off with sales, the visual sale, his new book. And sales and prospecting in today's world is what we're going to concentrate on. We got Benjamin Dennehy, the UK's most hated sales trainer. Go out and watch his YouTube videos and you will see how awesome this guy is. But not only that, 
how much of a riot he is. And he's going to be there for three days ha ha uh, handling the microphones with us. So that's going to be so much fun. And then Kelly Donahue Piro is going to wrap it up for Wednesday. She's going to take those two things that we are those two days, Monday and Tuesday, and she's going to wrap it together to say, how do we execute this going home? The first 48 hours is important, as she says, because anything that's done in the first 48 hours has a high likelihood of staying. And then those things that aren't get put in the drawer. Sometimes also you got to realize what Billy Williams said. Sometimes Sometimes it's not leaving with one or two things you can execute, but leaving with one or two things that you can stop doing because you have to clean your site before you build anything. AIBrainShare.com, AIBrainShare.com. Jeff Roy, how are you, sir? Good, Cass. What's up, brother? Good to talk to you. I've never been called the Northern Star. That's a new one. So uh, I, I, thought I thought of it this good. morning on the way to work. I'm not even going to lie. Hey, that's good. You got an all-star cast for uh, BrainShare. Uh, it's funny that you're having it in Texas. Hopefully, power's back on. So, <laughs> just have to throw that one in there. I feel is that my uh, my heart goes out to the Tabibo in Texas. For real. Really tough, difficult. I think there's going to be some major grid stuff looking after it being fixed there. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Marcus Sheraton's a rock star on video. Kelly Donahue, we've Super. hired and worked with. Don't know this Benjamin dude, but I'm interested and intrigued. I just hope I can get busted out of Canada to make it down. Yeah. Uh, we're still locked down and we can't leave the country. And even if we do leave the country, the rules to, to get back into society are, are very steep. Uh, maybe that's why our numbers are lower than some other parts of the world. But uh, regardless, uh, hopefully the world opens up and I can make it down, buddy. I think the prime minister in, um, and the POTUS are meeting here pretty soon for Canada and America. And I bet a lot of it has to do with vaccines and uh, trying to help get more because the economy of Canada is just as crucial as our economy. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, we're tied at the hip here so we can have like no COVID and you guys have a ton and it still stranglehold's us, let alone your guys' livelihood. So right. well, I tell everybody when you sneeze, we get a cold. That's how close we are. Right. So. <laughs> That joke like really plays into 2020 and 2021, yeah. right? I no mean, doubt, eh? No doubt. I mean, not, yeah, not to you, be you've, been, you've been yeah. saying that forever, but yeah, yeah. That, that actually plays in. Well, Jeff, we, 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 yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. No, last time we were, we last time we chatted into the podcast was mm -hmm. coping with COVID, both sides of the border. Oh, uh, remember that? That's the last time yes. we chatted. So, which and turned out into that nice ebook that was done up and uh, led to something greater. But uh, all of right, us were just right. struggling to figure out what was going to happen with the world. We didn't know if the sky was going to be falling. I shared That's that. Bain study and we're modeling you know what if your business dropped 30 percent you know and uh, luckily the world wasn't quite as bad but uh, mm -hmm. hey we're still not out of the woods yet so we're not out of the woods yet but you're right about that i forgot that coping with covid and i hate to say this because it sounds but i we create so much damn content you me and everybody else you sometimes forget about that but the impact that had hey if any of you loyal listeners want to see that go to if you're a new loyal listener go to insuranceagencyintelligence.com it's on the front web, web page uh, you can probably go down about quarter, halfway, and you'll be able to see it. And it was something that me and I think seven other uh, agency owners put together as a way to help cope with some of the stuff that was going on. We put it out back in uh, April and March. Some great, great content in there that I'm going to pull some of that stuff back up and throw it into my lately um, so that I can mass produce content. Here we go. Now, Jeff Roy, um, it's been a while since you've been on, literally besides the coping thing. Like we had a, we had a, a specific agenda there. We don't have a specific agenda in this one because it's my show and you're a podcaster too. So you know how this works. And this is Cass's podcast. Here we go. iPhone or Droid user? Uh, iPhone, totally. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Well, is, there, is, is there anything else you can use? You're, you're, you're a droid, aren't you? You're a droid user, right? 
<laughs> I, I think in Canada, in Canada, is there more iPhone users than Droid users? Do you know? Uh, that's that's a good number. I've never seen the stat, but I uh, haven't either. The, the droid, the droid has picked up a lot of ground the last couple of years. So I it's eighty twenty. It's eighty twenty in the rest of the world. Eighty yeah. percent are droid. I mean, it's not even close. It's just in America. That's why I tell say Clubhouse. Yeah, Clubhouse yeah. has terrible marketing. They must only be. They're either terrible marketers or they're great marketers because they're only going after mainly Americans because they're only an iPhone loserville. Started off yeah. on the wrong foot, Clubhouse. Well, do you love well, we the were, winner? We were, we were all research in motion, rim, rim guys up in Canada because rim was actually literally an hour from my house. And unfortunately, uh, research in motion, the Blackberry, they made the Blackberry. Oh, so oh, great, yeah. great story about somebody that missed the turn, right? And uh, you may have saw their stock shoot up to $30 uh, the last couple months, but uh, not because of anything great they did, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Did, right? did you so. see that partnership they made with that, with uh, not an iPhone, it's a droid. And like the first top 80% of the screen is just like what we see. And then the bottom is an actual keyboard. They just uh, partnered with this company. Like uh, a, a week or two ago, I happened to read it about this week and I was like, man, I, I mean, that is the one thing I hate yeah, about yeah. the thing is the keyboard. I think they might have something there. The BlackBerry keyboard, I, I, as soon as I went to iPhone, I didn't want to lose my keyboard. I'll be honest. I adapted. It's been okay. But the BlackBerry keyboard was heads and tails, one of the best innovations ever, right? So. Smaller buttons, but still worked better with our fat thumbs. You know what yeah, I mean? It exactly, really, really exactly. did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. We're geeks like that. What's the last app that you downloaded, Jeff? Uh, probably the last one was my Traeger app. Uh, I got a Traeger. I'm, I'm into the smoking up here in Canada. My wife uh, got me a, a Traeger for my birthday. And I got to mm -hmm. say, during COVID, it's been outstanding. I can Best. turn it off and on with my Traeger. I can look at the heat. It's got all my recipes and everything right in it. So it's been an, an, an amazing app. So there is a smoker broker agent group on Facebook where there's a bunch of uh, other smoker people. Like, yeah, some smoker broker uh, uh, a group. So look out for that if you're if you're an agent or a broker and you like to use a smoker. That's all for you, right? So you know what? I need to bring those guys on a mastermind meeting, and we just say we take about twenty or thirty minutes and just share that stuff because I think there's a lot of people inside the mastermind. A lot of champions don't know that. That's cool, man. Well, Dave Dave Carruthers is a big solid guy in there. Nicholas Ayers, some great cookers, imagine. right? There's some good imagine. name drop in there. So right, right. I think David Carruthers just does it because other people cook, and he has to beat them. He's got to beat him in everything. He's the most competitive guy in the world. I think that's the only reason why, even though I have been with him. I have stayed overnight with him a couple of times, and his food is bomb ass. Oh, yeah. Hey, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Hate to lose. Uh Basically, you learn Same everything thing. by losing, and uh, you know, can you deal with losing? Uh, all through sports, growing up, uh, you know, that's where I learned everything. And right. the feeling of losing motivates you to become better and uh, pick yourself up and be a better version of yourself. I agree. That's where we learn from. That's where we learn from. Uh, do you consider what is it, skill or luck, buddy? Uh, uh, luck, or sorry, skill makes luck. If you're doing enough things. They could they do enough things out there. Eventually, you're going to get some luck because you're doing enough items. So I would say they're in your, they're they're joined at the hip. That's right. I think they are. I think you are. You know, Billy said something. I always love quoting Billy because he said something that really got me. If you've listened to golfing loyal listeners, golfing with Billy Williams is phenomenal podcast about how he broke that down. And one of the things that he said when I asked him that question, which he had never answered before, was when preparation meets opportunity plus time management equals actually the luck that you have. I thought that was interesting because you know him. He's always got to throw some time management in his discipline as a military guy. The, so. Billy Williams can break down getting a root canal, make it sound interesting, and make you sound like an expert. That's how good he is. So 
and compare it to insurance. Dude, yeah. he is. Yeah. Let's let's challenge him on that. The root canal. Yeah. Yeah, you hope canal you never have to get it, but you know. Well, his his root canal is the you know basically you know he does all those pain checkups as part of his process to make sure you you do the preventative measures so you don't have a root canal, right? So yeah, that's right. <laughs> Billy, if you're listening, there you go. There's your next one. Jeff, take us back, buddy. Where were you born? Tell us the city because it really doesn't matter because all of us ignorant Americans have no idea where it is. But tell us and then bring this forward in about two to three minutes of where you are today. Uh, I live in a town, Clinton, and for all those people on the map, it's E5 on the map, grid reference. No. So uh, Clinton, Clinton is about two hours north, uh, northwest of Toronto. Uh, Toronto is obviously the biggest city in Canada. It's the third biggest city in North America. A lot of people don't know that, but Canada's got the third biggest city in North America with Toronto and all the connecting areas. So, And believe it or not, we're within an hour of the biggest tech hub, second only to Silicon Valley. Uh, really? We have University, University of Waterloo. There's a ton of programmers and coders in our area. So little known fact, but uh, I started working at the, uh, in, uh, the innovation uh, the, the InnoTech hub in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, and I found out all the innovation that was going on here, and I had no idea it was in my backyard, right? I always right. know that Research in Motion was there. They started in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo area, and there's just been a ton of startups that have come out of there. So take it back. I think on my one of my three or four podcasts ago, been a lifelong insurance geek, uh, got my license at 18, started in the family brokerage, uh, went down the path of science and uh, kinesiology, did a pivot into business as I worked with my dad in the summers, and uh, have been in the business for 31 years now. Uh, I've done a lot of different things. Uh, you know, set up a, a cluster or group to get more markets. Uh, bought a couple agencies. Have developed ways to grow organically. So kind of been an experiment. You know, maybe like more like a mad scientist to try and experiment with our brand, digital. You know, all those different things to try and get mm -hmm. our game up to the next level. Uh, you know, met with some really extraordinary people with Michael McLean Mastermind Group in 2011, and that's yeah. kind of when my eyes opened up. That's when my game went to the next level. Hanging out with some of the best people in North America. Matt, you and Hanley in 2016 on a Google Plus group. You might go back to there. I think uh, you, Hanley, and uh, Carrie Reynolds, the insurance goddess was on there. Wow. I don't I don't remember anybody else, but I remember giving Hanley advice on his book saying, I don't get his cover. I think it's brutal. Uh, you know, here's what I would do. And uh, I I, him and I were going at it. So not going at it, but it's I was giving ugly. him some advice. What's that? I, I just never got the Goliath and David thing, and I just didn't like the ultra-modern thing, but I gave him $500 to his book uh, anyway. I never met the guy. And then, uh, you know, him and I met, we're down in Chicago at the first brain share. Remember that was a 2017, the fir mm -hmm. first brain share? Yeah. Was that 2017 or 2018? 2016. So I met, 2016. 2016. So I, I met, I, 20, yeah. jumped in my car, had never met you guys in the, in, in the flesh, went down to Chicago with Una and got to meet and hang out with you guys for two days and got to meet the famous uh, uh, Ryan Hanley. And I met Sid Rowe, who was yes. also hanging out with him. So you never know. Like back then, I look at who I met. And just because I was out there, I, if I had never went on Google Plus and learned that platform and started chatting and having an opinion, I would, probably would have never hooked up with you guys. And, you know, fast forward, you know, I've spoken to probably 7,000 people across North America just sharing the Excalibur story. We're not, you know, doing anything better than anybody else, but there's a few things we do that are unique and innovative and we share it. And, uh, I've been able to set up a great network with people like yourself uh, over the last number of years. And uh, yeah, and uh, that's kind of my three-minute story. So. Yeah, and, and, and actually it's pretty good. It's very compact. I might have to start sending that to people because sometimes people go on too long. Anyway, so, and it's very rude of them to cut them off at the beginning. Now, if it was at the end, I'd just say, hey, shut up, dude. It's too long, but good one yeah. there, Jeff. Jeff, let me ask you this. So here's where I see you as a separator. For you little listeners, this is where I see him as a separator of most of us agents, is a lot of us agents are terrible business people. 
We just, it's, it's to the fault of our own. Now, to me, I was as well. I've put, I probably have studied more on that than I would have in college or anything else to try and be better. And I'm still not the greatest in the world, but I'm a lot better than I was before. When you hang out with people like you, Jeff, um, and you start to listen, there's, uh, there's something that comes about probably 30 minutes into the conversation is this guy's full of shit or he's the real deal. Um, and so a lot of this cut people in this world full of shit because they're agency owners and that very good. But whenever you started to get into the mastermind and you started to share things, I mean, details, your people looking at new business growth, being willing and able to spend the money that it takes. When people find out how much you spend on marketing, it's like, holy crap. And then they look at your spreadsheet of where you figured out your sales and you've worked it backwards and it's within a hundred bucks, right? Just making that up, but it's pretty damn close. So it makes logical sense. That's what good business people don't do. They're not willing to spend and they don't want to spend because they don't want to architect and structure it out to what it's going to be. That told me that you were a good business owner. Would you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I would suggest like basically, you know, we 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 use science and we get better, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't become a good business owner overnight, and it's always changing. I, I give the analogy of a video game. You know, you get to one level. Hey, if you're a young person starting off a scratch agency, you got to sell enough policies to keep the door open. So, being a great business person doesn't matter. But as you evolve, you add staff. You have to look at how do you recruit people, how do you train them, how do you get the phone to ring. I I, I often joke my job is to get the phone to ring to, and and sign the paychecks, right? To dumb mm -hmm. it into two spots but uh, you know basically you have to continually innovate with your with your agency because it's not static you don't live in a vacuum the world's changing around you you know right. competition competition's getting better you know opportunity the consumers changing you know the government regulations changing there's always moving parts and you know it's the one that adapts the best to change and, and you'll bring it up digital Darwinism it's not the strongest but the one that adapts best to change that survives so mm -hmm. I would suggest that probably the big thing is you know we've got a mind that it's okay to make mistakes you know I, I my mantra launch fail learn fix we try new things we go to we do things most people wouldn't do we take the path less traveled but That's we right. try and make it work and uh, we're not spared to spend money and learn from it and uh, you know if we keep spending money and, and it doesn't pay off that's dumb that's bad business but if we learn something and we take that into the next thing that's smart business so unfortunately you get you can't learn to skate or you can't learn to swim if you're on the shore or you can't learn to skate if you're not on the ice so you got to get out there and do things and make things happen to learn and uh, even better set up a network of people like the AI Brainshare group that are sharing in different areas mm -hmm. and then you the power of networking or as they say in Reader Rabbit I don't know if you listen to Masters of Scale Jason no but there's a whole there's an edition of uh, the Masters of uh, Scale where they talk about Reader Rabbit where everybody went into Reader Ra or sorry Task Rabbit I shouldn't say Reader Rabbit but Task Rabbit where everybody went in and they had certain skills. And uh, what happened is they started sharing, and before you know it, instead of having one skill, they had 20 skills. Mm -hmm. So they actually their their value went up. That's kind wow. of what the brain share is doing, right? Everybody okay. goes in with different skills. We share it and go up. So I think you know it's a matter of figuring like out that. you know you know as a business owner, paint a picture. What does winning look like? And uh, we're going through the traction EOS model, like a number of agents have right now. We're looking at hey, adopting that. What you paint a picture? What does it look like a year, three years, and ten years from now? And then how do you get there? And then what kind of number Numbers do you want? A lot of people just get whatever they, you know, hey, I'll just run the year and whatever happens, happens. Whereas we actually had enough experience. We say, hey, here's what we think will happen. Here's what we think we'll have to spend. Not knowing that if our close ratio will go up or down, not knowing if AdWords will go up, if our SEO will suck. There's a lot of moving parts, but we manage it regularly. We have a pulse on the different 
exhaust fumes coming out and then we can actually take action based on what's happened and uh, we try and in, you know, have a good external locus of control where we try and control more and instead of blaming other people and hoping for things to happen or hoping for somebody to come and save us we take massive action and try and make it happen so those are just some things of how we think and how we act and uh, you know you have to make sure you as an owner and CEO you create a culture where people can actually do that and my job is to enable people to do their job make them better get them the best help I can afford and hook them up with the best people and help them grow as individuals. That's what my job is. And uh, I take it seriously. And I'm not scared to pick up the phone. You know, Caitlin Edgar, never met her before. Loved her on the podcast, picked up Love the it. phone. Ian and I had a call a week later, introduced ourselves and talked to, talked to her and Jeff and the team and learned a lot about how they're hiring at Quantum, what they're doing, because I identified them as being world-class and I wanted to learn from them. So, you know, not being scared to admit that you're not good at something and finding the best people to help you. And you'll, you'll be amazed how many people will actually help you if you ask but nobody wants to ask less than five percent of people ask because they're too embarrassed they've got this uh external right. impression management thing going on i'm not sure what it is or they haven't networked or they don't give back you know if you give enough stuff back and the law of reciprocity it'll come back to you in spades so if you're giving in the out there and we've always been you know our big thing is to be champion of people and give and make things better that's what we believe that's in our dna that's baked in and naturally things come back in return so. so here's a tough one. So um, I like these because I can ask you these questions. Good, solid business owner. Um, compared to where you were 10 years ago and maybe even 20 years ago versus where you are now, I know the industry's changed. Regulation has changed. Holy cow, has the consumer changed. Holy moly, has technology changed. We're talking 20 years ago, young loyal listeners. We didn't even have raters, right? We're still looking at a manuals. So what I want to say to you, though, is where has Jeff Roy, if you could pin... 10 years ago, what's different about what you do today than you did yesterday um, and more than just signing the checks and making the phone ring? Uh, a number of things. Just, you know, first of all, met some of the greatest people and picked up ideas. You know, the power of a power of the mastermind is Benjamin Franklin. I think the first guy in history to set up a mastermind group in Philadelphia. Great yes. book. I read his book. Uh, one of the greatest authors wrote his book, his biography, a must read for all entrepreneurs. That guy did everything. You know, I got the ultimate respect for him, but you, you know, that's when I, and I realized that our marketing was not good enough. We did not understand our brand well enough. You know, we're an agency that or brokerage that I copied different things that I saw different people do, but I never got to the source and you know I, I found a George Nordhaus book picked some ideas up out oh, of it George. but didn't didn't really have access to it you know the internet wasn't really you know it was out there but hadn't really reached a maturity level where all these people had the self-help and the courses and stuff were out there for insurance yeah. agents I think it's the only true. person really out there was Michael Jans and one of the people I was aligned true. with was a member of quantum I think that was kind of the first person that I remembered that really had it pulled together I think uh, uh, I think you're right he was back in the 90s even I mean yeah. he Jans had that pulled together yeah yeah so you look at those people like George Nordhaus that got you know IMS marketing uh, you know gave a bunch of information to teach you how to get better uh, quantum with Michael Jans and then you get into uh, uh, you know we had Stromso's uh, been say, there for a while Stromso yeah and then Siskins now Stromso was a member of Quantum so yeah. that's that, that's kind of where I jumped in because I met Michael McLean who was the top marketer in Quantum and kind of blew everybody's mind and then a bunch of them broke off they kind of you know they learned everything from the teacher and they kind of went their own way Stromso went his own way Mike McLean and I met both of them probably 2010 that's when I found found them and mysteriously that's when I started making major changes of learning how to market how to onboard people you know how to do a new business shock and awe kit there's probably about 10 or 15 little 
things. And I'll point out, it's not one thing that makes you a professional Great athlete. Answer. It's 10 or 15 little things. So your job is to find out, you know, the 10 or 15 things, blend them into your culture and your business and make them your own. I always say like American Idol or Canadian Idol or whatever, you got to make that song your own. And, uh, you know, then you, once you start doing the basics well, then you can start getting a lot better. You know, we started, we had to do our brand. You know, once I joined them and I did, I copied a lot of their things and made it my own. You know, I did not, our brand wasn't good enough and I felt it but I couldn't put a finger on it. So I actually yeah. went to a convention, met Gary Maxwell. Uh, I was the only guy out of 600 people that basically tracked him down, had lunch with him, booked a meeting with him the following Monday and hired him on Tuesday. And we spent probably $30,000 redoing our brand. And Man. for the size of brokerage at that point, nobody would have cut that check, but I felt it was the right thing to do because I just didn't think our brand was like the purple cow and stuck out enough. So, so that's where a lot of times I'll feel it or I'll see it or I'll be a number. I'm not happy with that number. We got to be able to do better. Who's doing better? better. There's got to be somebody in North America I can find. What are they doing differently? What can I learn from a time study, from a step procedure to fix it? That's kind of what, you know, basically I've done is looked at different areas. And again, I'll look at things outside the industry, you know, different books you've read. You've read a pile of good books. Oops, sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, no. So anyway, there's a lot of things that, uh, that uh, basically that we've done. So I, I think that's what the difference is, is I met the right people. I started taking massive action. I didn't necessarily have those people around me. I just kind of did what everybody else did when I first got in the business. I didn't have the internet. I didn't have the access to people like the groups, like IAOA, all that kind of stuff. Like I feel great for the agents now because the resources have never been better and there's never been a better time in human history to crush it because there's just the resource out there to learn everything yourself on your time when you want to on your dime. I didn't have that at the start. So, you know, I, I would say I had about 10 or 12 years that, you know, I didn't have good enough expectations. I did okay, but I just didn't have that jump. So make sure you choose the people you hang out with wisely because you become the four or five people that you admire most. So those are key. Like I, I Seth Zaramba is a good friend. Uh, you know, Chris Paradiso, yourself. Like I, there's some people I've been fortunate enough to become good friends with. And I look at what they're doing and with their results. And I'm like, why am I not doing that? I better kick my ass into gear. And, you know, I still want to get better. I'm not complacent. I'm not, you know, uh, my, one of my favorite lines, I don't try and get through the turnstile of life with somebody else's push. So I want to make it happen. I can't wait for somebody else to make it happen for me. Right. So I love it. I love it. Wow. Loyal listeners. I hope you paid attention there. Um, you know, because those last, that wasn't what I was going to expect. I thought that there would be some like thing of this or that. And that was even better than what I expected, Roy, because it gave us a lot of insight. You know, what's so amazing is people are everything, right? I talk about on this podcast a lot, a winning organization is built on good people. Right, a winning organism, a winning mind is built by being surrounding yourself with good people. Right, and that weird how both sides of our life and so many aspects of our life. One of the things that literally has killed a lot of people with COVID is not being able to socialize, not being able to be around people. I think sometimes we overlook that, and I know that in business in the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the white man's world, you know, everything there was not this overreaching. Hey, my people. People are powerful. It was more of, hey, I've created a great company. I'm going to take care of you when you're um, uh, when you're when you retire on a pension. Work your butts off. That's not how things are today. You know, it's kind of like if I want to retire 
and sell my agency. I have to take care of these people or I'm not going to be able to. It's almost flipped its switch. And yeah. so for loyal listeners, for you to hear Jeff say that, I mean, from 10 years ago, the amount of people, Jeff, I mean, I didn't know you before 20, it was around 2015. I don't know you before then, but to be able to look at your agency and the stories you've told me and what you just told us, you know, Quantum Club, finding the mastermind, finding podcasts, finding Ryan Hanley, finding these other things. Holy shit. I think the old saying is you will overestimate what you can do in a year and grossly underestimate what you can do in 10 years. Don't you think in 2010 that you would be pretty happy with who you are today in 2021, Jeff? Yeah, no, I said, I, you know, I, I look back and uh, the law of attraction, you know, basically, and again, I always joke about the secret in my, one of my keynotes, you know, it's not about putting your yoga pants on and hoping people come into your world and praying for that. That's not what it's about. It's about taking massive action and bringing people into the world. It's putting it out there in the universe. I'll never forget when I spoke and I met Seth and uh, I heard him, I think Ryan Hanley interviewed him and uh, basically I picked up a phone and called him. I had never met him, but I'm like, man, this guy thinks exactly how I think man this is really cool and we had about a 90 minute conversation again Chris Paradiso was the same way I picked up the phone and called him after a George Nordhaus thing and that's the, some people that I just felt that like hey these guys get it they, mm -hmm. they see the world the same way I do wow and uh, you know when you meet them in real life and now I look back and I chat with each of them once or twice a month at least and uh, you know I look at you know how they look at the world and you know I'm like wow and I pick up things from them that I don't see and likewise I share things that I see right so right. so it's it's about you know it's about it's all it comes down to then they call culture beat strategy every time and as a leader you got to bring your A game in if you're running at an 8 out of 10 your team's running at a 6 so what are you bringing in during COVID and during COVID a lot of people have had an excuse oh COVID this COVID that you know we got we got a ton of stuff done over the last 12 months even during COVID you know yes we're a little bit behind schedule where we wanted to be but we put the throttle down and you know we have we can't do a lot of things so we're basically putting our, our time into work yeah <laughs> you know I'm not in the road driving around but mind you I'm having the same similar conversations not quite the same like the Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock in the bar having a beer you know you're you can't put a, a price tag on a it's kind of some fun hanging out with people so but true. b the real conversation comes out so you're losing a little bit of that you know mm -hmm. zoom calls over a beer are close but let's be honest they're not quite the same but you gotta it's not what you you have to not complain about what you can't do it's what you can do it's mm -hmm. like when your client you know you can't you, people tell clients everything they can't do what can you do to help so you have to have a shift in mindset and uh it's all about it's all about mindset at the end of the day right it is. It is. It is. I really like that because um, so much, so much, so much to unpack there. But let's go on. Let's move on on this. So you um, learned from some family, kind of worked into the brokerage, take over the brokerage agency. Same thing, agents. I uh, just want them to know you don't own actually like a brokerage MGA. You're talking an agency. So then you, so then you start hanging around with people. You catapult your business. You still have a ton to learn. But then you said. I think there's some other dudes up in California that are learning, have a lot to share. Now's my time to give back. And so you decided like, hey, not just because it's like the thing to do, but because it is a good way to get your word out and people actually do listen. Americans understand that if you listen to a podcast, if you listen to three hours of podcast a month, you're part of 43% of the rest of North America. So keep that in mind. Um, you're not alone in this and it's only greatly expanding. So tell us what your project is that you're working right now and tell us about it and tell us the people that you're doing it with. 
Yeah, so uh, just to kind of flip back a bit, uh, you know, it was back in 2016, I went to Mike Stromso's event for the first time, met a lot of people. I think that was the first time I'd actually met Mike Stromso, had talked to him, I did a podcast with him back in 2016. And uh, I'll give you, I'll be honest, like the mastermind group of Michael McLean's got Una and I in the habit of every six months, we got to do five, 10, six, 12 things and we got to report back and share those with people and we never wanted to actually show up and not have accomplished anything because we would have felt like losers so that got us in the habit of taking massive action doing things in bite-sized breakdown and prioritizing hey what are the two or three things we can do that are the biggest lift on our business so we took that and I shared it with Mike and then you know I met Nicholas Ayers and IAOA and uh, Dave Jackson and basically they said hey you're commenting a lot in here and people seem to like my comments in the group I was new but I was opinionated and I, I provided quite a bit of help and they asked me to speak in Orlando and I think you spoke at that one, I believe. No, you know, not Chris, Orlando. That was the only one yeah. I didn't go to. Okay, yep. Chris, Chris, Paradiso, Chris Paradiso, Mike Stromso were on stage. It was funny because Una and I bought them hockey jerseys and shared them with them. Mm-hmm. Plus Grant Bottoma, uh, uh, Dave Jackson, uh, Grant, and uh, who was the, there's one other person I'm missing, Brandon. Right, and they were they were all running the IAO then. So I got up there and I'll be honest, I had to speak in front of 500 people. I think at the event, I'd never presented like that to people I'd never met. Really? And it was it was a bit nerve wracking. That was the first time I got up and did my thing. I went out in a hockey jersey. I had a Canadian American sock on, and I went there and I just kind of shared a 30 minute version of our story. And it seemed to resonate with people. Like, hey, here's this 47 year old hockey goalie from Canada saying, a teaching everybody how to speak Canadian, talking about insurance and how to make it better. So the message resonated that hey, this guy can figure out man I should be able to figure it out. I have no excuse so mm-hmm. that's kind of how it started so over time I've you know spoke to a bunch of people shared our story more and more got asked I've never advertised we just kept getting asked to speak and we kind of limit our gigs to three to four a year because we have a business to run but uh, my friend uh, Adam Mitchell uh, who owns Mitchell Wales Insurance uh, he's a hyper growth individual very tech orientated has built some really cool tech which uh, I'll get him I'll introduce him we'll probably end up having you on one of our shows for sure that'd Jason. be nice uh, but he's uh, he's built this really good, amazing uh, a digital agency from scratch and defied all odds. We have Steve Earle, who's from the East Coast that has a traditional brokerage, but he started a brokerage called Cheap Insurance that's digital and has went through all the uh, the pain and all the learning of how to get digital consumer. And we have Tom Reed, who's worked at a ton of different insurance companies, has worked for a broker aggregator buying people, and is very tech-oriented. Now he's hired from IBAC Canada to get all the companies to connect APIs. We are actually part of a group group that were looking to recruit people and he was one of our final three selections of what all the people. What a good guy that you have, dude. Yeah, so that's so we came up with this concept of hey, what do we have sit around have a beer and we'll talk about all the top digital insurance things that affect your business and we came up with first it was digital insurance beer and I'm like, yeah, this doesn't sound sophisticated enough. So we went to digital insurance pint podcast and the whole concept is hey, we have a beer, so we've cre- we bought shirts for everybody and a glass, a beer glass, and we have a six pack of beer with our label on it. We ship out four beers or shirts and a glass to everybody on our show and we crack a beer and we talk about just get to know them a bit better we do some questions like you do uh, to get to know people and then we jump right into the issue so this we, we wow. just launched season two and we've got Taylor Rhodes uh, he's on in two weeks I saw Sid Rowe uh, had uh, interviewed him this week we actually interviewed him about a month and a half ago and we added everything and we got that coming out we have uh, Theo from Acturus Acturus is probably the biggest uh, BMS AMS in the UK has 65% of the market and they they bought a broker in, a brokerage system called Power Broker in Canada, and Theo's completely kills it. We're launching his on uh, Wednesday of this week, uh, so it's coming out tomorrow. Cool. So we got some cool people. So we interviewed some people doing some digital stuff.
stuff. Now, season two was all Canadian focused. I got a ton of people like yourself in the U.S. that I'd love to bring on the show. But we kind of broke it into seasons where we do 10, 11 episodes. We've got a couple sponsors that help us cover the cost. And then any profits we make, we basically give it back to Women in Insurance for Cancer, WIC. And uh, they've raised almost $18 million in Canada for uh, anybody for women that you know have have had have had cancer. They donate a ton of money to cancer. So we any money we make, we're donating it back to a worthy cause. So that's kind of the Digital Insurance Plant podcast. And again, we basically all four of us interview people. So at first you can you say, well, wow, four people, how do you keep everybody organized? And you know it took us a while to get into some flow, but you know everybody's kind of got yeah. their own personality, their own opinion, and we aren't scared to ask some tough questions. But on the other hand, we still want to make sure we keep positivity going in the industry. So finding that balance between the two. So, Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. What's the number one way that you get business into your agency? Uh, good question. I would say probably right now, uh, SEO is probably bringing in four to 500 leads right now. Uh, we, uh, we, a month or four yeah, or 500? Bring, bring, bring four or 500 leads a month right now. Mm -hmm. We do have referrals that probably brings about 30 to 50 leads roughly a month. Uh, we paid advertising brings a couple hundred leads in. Uh, you know, we have a number of other marketing programs working. So we're trying to generate right now about a thousand personal lines leads. And uh, we're looking at some new innovative ways uh, that we can get in front of people using display ads, funny enough, uh, that of uh, people that are ready. We got there's we have a third party aggregator that's able to tell when people are in market. So we're looking at actually using this service to serve display ads to people that are most likely in the market to buy in a one to two month period. So that's kind of our gotcha. latest experiment. So so we're always trying to, you know, one's a lonely number in insurance. So if you got one way to bring business in, and I always say, I hear people, what's your number one way of referrals? Well, great. But sometimes referrals, unless you're the GNN insurance guys, aren't scalable. There's only so far you can take referrals or networks unless you continue to get in front of people, continue to motivate that. And there's some outstanding agencies in the U.S. that have done that. You know, we do have some referral people referring us business, but we haven't scaled it successfully, but we've been able to grow it organically and using the different methods we do use right now. So Caitlin had a, a podcast. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but um, online leads are more reliable than referrals. 
Yeah. Yeah. And God did that cause some controversy. I mean, holy crap, we got some feedback on that. And I told her, you're doing something. You know, Um, if you if you piss one side off, you're doing something. If you piss both sides off, you're making change. That's what I told her. So figure out something to do to the other side. and You're going to piss them off as well. But the point is, is it's legitimate. Like you can you can control the amount of leads you get. Maybe not the quality, but it's that's getting better as well. But like referrals, it's like, hey, I hope we get five this month or I hope we get five this week, right? I mean, you're not going to ever have that situation when it comes to a lead. So whether or not we don't want to believe that or we don't want to hear that, that does make sense, right? Yeah. And the other thing too is uh, it's not just the number of leads, it's lead quality. And we've noticed the last three or four months during COVID, the lead quality has really deteriorated. And the stuff we've got right in hasn't been as good of quality of business. And we have a system zero to five that we score. We've done it for probably 14 months now so we not only know what our cost per per lead is uh, per quote and we we have a rough idea of our acquisition cost but we also know lead quality and we layer the lead quality the zero to five score over and we're looking for two to fives right and a zero being somebody that uh, somebody's coming to pick you up there castle a little siren in the background i, I, I know i know i'm still here but uh but anyway uh zero being somebody with the, you know non-payments you know uh higher risk business you know one being you know higher risk stuff and again we're happy to provide assistance for that but really trying to do, key in on the person that's got a home and an auto policy is a minimum you know a renter's policy is fine and we're trying to go and find people like that in the area so so that's something that we've done that now we've got sales wings through the neon project that we're getting trained on it over the next month we're going to see if we can potentially layer that in as a data fumes to layer that in to see how engaged some of our prospects are and we're data just currently fumes. working yeah we're just trying to look at the exhaust fumes and the data fumes of what's going on so we're layering that in and uh, we currently use a system called Trufula from uh, uh, basically our, our tr- true leads the company's Trufula to manage all our leads and it does a fantastic job of when the lead comes in we send a text an email we pick up the phone tracking all that stuff so my friend Sharif Gamal who's a really cool guy probably a good guy you should have on your podcast sure. has built a, a real big tech company in Canada he's a broker and he owns a brokerage but probably has 125 employees total and he's got 30 or 40 coders actually in Egypt right now with this company so he's developed this really good lead management system that we use we left Philosophy to go to Truefla so we're currently using his and we're trying to look at ways to put to be able to plug different things into a system. And we should have some really cool stuff at the end of this year to be able to do even more stuff to get that data. And uh, we're still working on Marketing Cloud, obviously with Neon, trying to get that data into Marketing Cloud and put all our data into one spot. And we're pretty close to getting that, you know, almost functional and working at an entry level. We've been working on that since June and uh, we've launched our first couple campaigns in the last couple of weeks. So I'm pretty excited to see where that goes. So. Something to learn from data, which uh, both, as you guys know, loyal listeners now, Jeff is a as a uh, user of Neon, parts of it on the marketing cloud side. Um, he's using other things. He's you've really brought a lot of value to us, um, Neon Pilot Agents. But I think um, what I what I really like about this, and I don't want to lose my thought there because I had a really good thing you were talking about. Oh yeah, don't you think that just me that the lead quality would have picked up during COVID? Right? Well, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you have thought that more people sitting at home? I mean, no. 
Well, just the lead, you know, number of leads didn't dip like people are shopping, but more of the people are shopping tend to be the ones that have been, you know, have gone uh, NSF, have been, you know, pushed out of the industry, that kind of stuff. So the lead gotcha. quality hadn't been quite as good during COVID. And uh, some of the people that have, you know, that, have, that just haven't been shopping, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm just, hey, everything's good. I'm not going to touch it. Status mm -hmm. quo. So we've seen a bit of a shift there. And I've talked to a lot of digital brokers and they saw some of the same stuff. But same thing. We got to figure a new ways to get, we got to figure new ways. We, we got some campaign campaigns coming out in the next two or three months to go after some uh, personas we've built and we're going to try and get out there with a fresh message so we'll see how that works like we're always trying to upper marketing game we're trying to create better journeys you know you, I don't know if you read my article about random acts of content and what killing killing agencies but we're trying to move from writing a blog that has good SEO value to blog that you can consume it with a video to create a journey that people can binge consume content to answer the questions they want kind of Marcus Sheraton Mm -hmm. with a little bit of a TikTok theme-esque thrown into it to make kind of fun and consumable. We're trying to look at how do we serve up content and create journeys, but actually get, hook them. And we're, we're doing it. We're experimenting with it. We're not by any means got it nailed down, but we're trying to up our game to that next level right now. So There's no doubt of all the social media platforms. I Listen to me, loyal listeners. I learn more from TikTok than any other social platform. I really truly do. Like I learn about science. I mean, I learn about all kinds of stuff. I, I, I follow the Red Bull aerial team and I watch how they do things and I learn and I hear I, like how to do common core math a lot easier. Like I'll watch those videos over and over and figure out how they're doing it. I mean, it's, it's really, really actually informative and you don't have all the BS of the political stuff. You don't have all the crazies out there who believe in all this crazy stuff. Um, you're not having to sit there and just look at pictures of a mother and her child, which is fine, but right. I mean, if that's, if that's not what you want, I mean, you can go to Instagram and get that. You don't have all the evil people out there that are in the Twitter world. You don't have all the Snapchatter kids who are trying to throw each other boob pictures and then hoping that they delete. I mean, it's actually a platform that you can actually learn stuff. You know, I loved it the other day. I was watching Elon Musk and he goes back to what you're saying. Loyal listeners, listen to what he's saying. How many times did Jeff mention the word data, right? And, and, and sometimes you said the fumes. And I love that because, you know, Elon Musk builds this $57 million freaking rocket thing and he hopes that it's going to land back it was the real big one recently and it explodes all over the place and he constantly is showing this thing and you would think to yourself man if you failed that bad you would hold that and they asked him about that and he said this on tiktok he probably said it other places but this is where i saw it and he said we may have paid that much but we got the data we needed even though that thing exploded, he understands that's just part of it. Man, it'd been sweet if it landed. Don't get me wrong. But like we got the data we needed. We now know why and why where we failed. We'll get it next time, right? He's seeing the long game. He's seeing that, dude, we're going to put people into earth in a different way, into earth, into space in a different way. And there's going to be billions made off of this. This 57 million we just lost was us going to a lead company that gave us bad leads for three or four months and we dumped them, but we tried, right? Because yeah, they yeah. had some good stuff. And I think yeah. that's what I hear from you is the data that you're trying to collect the fumes to see if it's worth going forward, right? 
Well, and God, God, we trust everybody else better bring data. And I have never met any, I haven't met God yet. So let's put it that way. That's, you know, one of the things we're looking at is I want to start, we have a meeting today with our marketing team and I made a shift and I'm like, instead of running an agenda, I want all the metrics of all the key areas. And we're going to talk about that and, and, and see if there's any symptoms of things that need to be fixed. And then at the end of the, after our first hour, we're going to jump into the second hour. Here's a list of the six or 10 things we need to work. Or maybe we only have time to work three issues, but we're actually going to bring the collective team in and start working the issue so that's an example of how we pivoted on data and same thing with video like you know TikTok, you know even instagram even youtube everybody's going to video like people for reading a big long text on facebook people don't have the attention span you know i think mm-hmm. i always said people with attention span of a goldfish which was eight seconds maybe down to six right now Might and be. uh you got you got to grab them and uh you know i always talk about 2d versus 3d or what, what's that song uh, video killed the radio star you know mm-hmm. basically the radio star was good until all of a sudden video came out and they opted to the next level now we're in a spotify music where you can you know they are using algorithms you can figure out what jeff roy wants to listen to and apple's pushing me to 35 different playlists and because i'm on apple and an apple user i bought so much music i can't switch over to spotify without taking a huge hit so i'm an apple music guy on top of that but mm-hmm. you know if you look at my point is you know you have to be getting in the video world marcus sheraton said that 80 percent of stuff's going to be consumed by video the biggest problem is most agents haven't figured out how to do a good video or anything that's worth watching and uh, I find a lot of them painful you know I'm not saying that we're better we're trying to get better we're trying to we have five six different strategies we're doing for video this year that we're going to launch and uh, we're going to try and hit different types of videos some will be more expensive some will be cheaper some will be raw or you know we're going to try and get that formula in there but you know if we do 10 or 12 videos or 20 videos next year uh, and, and you know last year if we only did seven or eight you know each year we're going to get better because we're doing more and learning more back to Elon Musk bringing this home is hey we tried that didn't work as well but you know I looked at the analytics and uh, you know we people are only getting 10 seconds into my video and they're bailing we're not grabbing their attention so we better have a lot better start on my video for instance and uh, you know I see some people crushing I did 300 videos last year good good for you now how many of them are being watched you know maybe four or five of them are gems are you better to spend a little more time making each one a little bit better and a little more quality or are you better just to spit them out just to try and get out there and get it and that depends on your strategy right so mm-hmm. you know everything's a reflection on your brand so if you put crap out there people are going to tune you out so as soon as they start tuning you out you don't have eyeballs what gets seen nor heard counts for nothing right so if people aren't seeing you or hearing you it doesn't count right so it's you you, you basically have a small window to lose people and get them and uh, you know again TikTok's a sexy thing right now they found an algorithm so there's a lot to be learned in TikTok and applying that to insurance and that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the one of the experiments we're doing this year is how what is it I've seen a few agents on TikTok they're doing some great videos I forget the one I saw but she did a bunch of demos of how to protect your car and made them funny humorous used all the graphics I thought man that's cool we're gonna have to take that you know back to my earlier point American Idol make it our own what would an Excalibur version of that be? Does it fit into what we're trying to do? Can we can we actually put it on brand and put it towards the personas we're going after? You know, that's the kind of conversations we're having. Like I, I point out with my team, a lot of times you don't feel like you've went anywhere, or did much, but then you look back and you're like, wow, look at the conversation what we're doing this right. year. Last year we would right. never have had this conversation, and you just keep leveling up and you don't realize it, and it, what what it starts becoming the new norm. So that's you know, it's one of those things that a bunch of little minor changes all of a sudden 
and take you to the next level. And there's no magic point where you all of a sudden you go from a caterpillar to a butterfly magically, but eventually it does happen and you start leveling up. And, you know, my team, my challenge to my team is we got to be better. What we did last year isn't good enough. We got to level up. And I've been pushing the entire team on that and helping them and jumping in and working projects. Right. So. You know, you got me taking a lot of notes, so loyal listeners know that when I look down, I'm taking notes or I'm typing it again. But there's a couple things here that you talk about. You talk about the algorithms of life. I've been talking about this a lot. I was saying, mentioned about this to my wife this weekend, that like I come into work and I start my um, my outlook, right? And my outlook has the Cortana or Cortana on, on it, which I've now started to use her in the last year. And she literally puts focus time on my, on my calendar. If any of you guys else out there are using this, you know this. She'll put focus time on your calendar and it's amazing how accurate it is around the stuff that you're using. She'll tell me how, how often I am on teams and who's the most effective people that I'm talking to because then it can tell, you can, that I was talking about something else and then I'll go make emails about that and follow that through. It shows me what I'm supposed to be working on today versus yesterday, it will pop up a conversation for 10, 10 days ago and say, hey, did you ever reply to this? It does some amazing things. I come into Spotify and it shows me all the music that I think I want to listen to. I go into Domo, which is the back end of my neon, and I can see every case that's being worked on, every opportunity. I know how many COIs we did this week, did yesterday per hour, how long they're open. Um, I can go into my megaphone and see every person that downloaded a podcast, the metrics on them, what city they live in, unbelievable metrics through megaphone that allows us to see these things. The point of this is, is that before there was uh, BC, before Christ, A, there's after death. Two, three, four hundred years, they're going to look back here and they're going to say before internet and after internet. This was the time. But whenever we even go deeper into that to connect what you're talking about, it's talking about us to them, them to us is what I wrote down in my notes here. And it comes back to this point in time where me and Hanley and other people, we talked about this back in the late 10s about how we as a society always to go to get our news, to go get our information, to go get the data we had at that time. But where it was changing was is that data would find us. And sometimes it was really hard to understand what that concept was, is how would it find us? But I encourage you, how many times have you went to CNN.com, loyal listeners? Or how many times have you seen it in the news feed and you clicked it in there because they served it to you because they know that was something you were talking about or that's something that you were texting about or something, however they found it, of the million ways they have to do that nowadays. So I think that it's before internet, it's after internet, but I think there was also a huge change and it's coming into the fact that we're not, we're not finding things anymore. It's finding us. Stop for a minute and look at that. Jeff, what do you say to that as we, before we close up to the last two questions? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I forget what Una and I were looking at uh, buying a chair, and we specifically mentioned the type of, I remember it was a desk, and then we talked about it in our house, and we have an Amazon and a Google, and lo and behold, in our Facebook feed, these things start showing up, and I have no idea how they, with the audio, so there's obviously some kind of link we don't know about. So, you know, there's so many things out there searching, watching, and again, you're giving out, as I said, so many data fumes out there and exhaust fumes when every time you go into social media, you know, one of the things I always tell people, you know, if it's free, you're the product. 
right? So how many things social media was free? Well, Facebook was taking all the analytics and then now using all that Linux to push out our ads and stuff to you. So there's a whole movement of stuff being fed up to us. And because there's a bunch of data fumes that people have, have captured and they've been smart enough to actually back to the, the where things have went since the, the internet, things have evolved since the internet because we now have, you know, one to one. It used to be one to many. Your marketing was disruptive way back. Mm -hmm. It was a message uh, that basically, you know, uh, depending who you're, perfect, perfect ones for, from what advertising school you thought and believed back in the 60s and 70s, Ogilvy or whatever you believe in, it was disruptive and it was one message went out to many. Now everything's sophisticated enough with email marketing, with marketing cloud that you can actually push messages uniquely out to each individual based on their preferences. That's yep. where that's where the that's where it's going. You know, one of the things I've said before is, you know, agents, uh, AI will not replace agents, but agents who use AI will replace those who don't. And that's kind of where it's going, whereas we have to be able to take a hold of our data, use it properly to serve up the right message, to serve up the right experience. And right now, currently, a lot of people, even on their BMS or AMS, don't even know who the primary contact is, don't know who in the household should be getting a message. They haven't thought that stuff out. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that people haven't thought out yet because they've been using a traditional system and doing it the way the system did it. They don't think, hey, what, you know, where, as Wayne Gretzky would say, where's the puck going? And we've talked about it right now. Digital exhaust fumes, anticipating clients' needs, and, you know, the right message to the right market at the right time. That's the trifecta, right? How do we do that? We're going to have to use data to do that. If you don't have any data, you're just guessing and, you know, back to uh, Jay Bear, you're using a shotgun and you're shooting a message out there trying to hit five birds with your shotgun pellets when you maybe mm -hmm. want to use a rifle to get a, a more dis precise message going right. out there. So, so those are some shifts that are, they've been happening for a while. You know, you mentioned earlier, what would I do if I went back 10 years? Well, I would have really worked on an SEO and my website, my online stuff five years earlier. I could have, where I could have been if I had been on top of that sooner. And I don't think, I don't know anybody that really jumped on top of it and nailed down online stuff as early. The insurance industry is late to the party because everybody had a lifestyle business. They were doing okay. They didn't need to do that. And it was the insure techs that put the gun to their head that said, hey, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it. And it made, you know, there's uh, the threat of what could happen from Amazon and Google woke us up to make sure that we could jump into the game. And, you know, one of the best things about agents is, you know, just like Airbnb doesn't own any rooms, Uber doesn't own any taxis. We don't own any policies, right? Who's in a better position to disrupt than us, right? So, sorry about that. That's me calling hey, you. Yeah, hey. no, no. Here's the deal. <laughs> this is really, really great stuff that you have coming in here. I, I really do like this um, because here's the thing I want to say to you, Jeff, and I want to say this to loyal listeners. This is this is key here. So you're looking for this chair. And so one of the things that I was reading on this is it's not so much, um, hey, I'm me and Una are talking about this chair and now we start seeing these things. Um, I want us to start zeroing in on this because there's a difference in the conversation. When, when, when Jeff, when you say to Una, hey, you know what? We ought to start looking at chairs to get one. Or, hey, we need to go out today and we need to get a chair. Or, hey, this Saturday when we go up to the mall, let's be sure we check out chairs. All of those have different significance to when the advertiser is going to send you that because they know the urgency. So it's not even just like, hey, they're looking for a chair. It's knowing and listening. Where is it getting it from? Uh, everybody go to the back of your Alexa or your Google device and you can turn off the microphone and turn it on. Me personally, I'm a pretty good person. 
I don't steal. I, I don't lie unless it's for the reasons to protect myself. Um, I, I, I don't really care if people are, are following me, to be honest with you. If you're going to make my life easier, I mean, it's like when I, I, I go every once in a while, I turn on Netflix, right? And my wife was already um, logged in. And I go in and I'm looking through the profile. I'm going, where do all these shows come from? You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I wouldn't watch these. They're all like soapy, you know, love shows from Lifetime and shit. And then I'm like, oh, there, my wife's in the top right corner, right? You get out of that. I want that. I don't want to see the soapy love stuff. That's not me. I don't watch that stuff. The only time I watch is when my wife wants to watch a movie with me and then we just jump over to her profile, right? I like that stuff. I don't necessarily find it as, a, as an evil. Can there be times that it could probably backfire on me somehow, probably. But I think anything can be used, good or bad. Let's wrap it up because you and Una are important to me. Go ahead. So, what do you have? So, soapy data love with Jason Cash. There we go. <laughs> the I'm theme of the you, podcast, right? <laughs> we, we get so scared, dude. We yeah, just yeah. live our whole life in fear, and it's and it's and it's sad. It's sad. And everybody wants the life of Jason Cash and and, and Jeff Roy, and we don't live our life in fear. So just start there, and you'll be fine. I'm just joking, yeah. Jeff. No, no, no. Rough no, no. I, I don't think anybody wants my life, but uh, anyway. So no, it's all good. It's. Well, uh, I don't know. It's, we it's, all it's, like Bloody Marys, and you make a pretty damn good one there, Jeff. You know? Doctor Doctor Caesar's in the house, and uh, hopefully mm-hmm. I can br- hopefully I can bring my Caesar game down to San Antonio. I've always wanted God to go to San Antonio. Beautiful. Good vibe. I heard the river is great down there. It's it one is. of those bucket list items. One thing we liked about speaking is we got to pick where, cities we went to. And we got to explore the U.S. the last from 2017 onward, and it's been great. Went to some amazing cities, met some great people, had some great times. And you know, the, mm-hmm. the next shift is on, right? As I talked, I'm not sure who I spoke to about it, but you know, it used to be all the cool stuff came out. Uh, you know, 2016, 2017. You know, uh, elevate the whole vibe about marketing all the cool stuff was hitting the fan. Now we're kind of, you know, people are using some of that stuff, but there hasn't been an explosion of cool stuff like there used to be. It's a mm-hmm. lot more complicated and it's about APIs and connectivity and more technology driven stuff. Execution. That, and execution, right? Like, you know, I we have the one video called Human Tech, right? Where we combine humans and technology because we don't believe, and people in Canada at least don't want to bind a policy. Two or 3% will actually bind a policy. They want to jump on the phone and make sure they're doing the right thing, right? And, uh, as much as technology is important, I'm going to bring this full circle, you can't replace the human-to-human connection. COVID, everybody's craving to be together with humans, and not through Zoom, not through video. They want the human-to-human touch. So no matter what you do, you have to make sure you wrap it with the human touch and you have the human behind it. And again, at the end of the day, we're all just humans. You know, you and I are just people sharing our story, you know, connecting with people and uh, just trying to help make people better, right? One, one chat, one conversation, one question at a time. That's exactly right. Got to leave the 99 to find the one. And that's what we're trying to do here. Now, um, let's wrap it up here. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. I know you're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading? I'm reading uh, The Us Traction. And uh, what's that? Uh, the new business book. I'm just trying to blank on it. I started reading through it quickly. And, uh, oh, John a blank from... Uh, John a blank on it. But uh, he did, he's a big marketing guy. He's got a podcast. Drawing a blank. Business rules. I saw I saw somebody shared it. Billy Wagner shared it. I didn't know it was out there. Oh, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. He shared that a blank the champions. Yeah, um, I just I just I I downloaded it and I read the first probably thirty percent of it because most of it's like, yeah, yeah, this is cool, this is cool. It's stuff that you would think, but it's basically it's your MBA in a book. So in kid, instead of kids taking a business course, he's saying, Hey, come to my school. Miller, is it Miller? Uh, he's got the marketing, marketing podcast. 
but anyway, he's, he's got, he, I didn't I, know he uh, had a podcast. I'm drawing a blank on it, but uh, the guy who wrote the book anyway, uh, basically he did a bunch of good stuff on marketing too. He spoke at Elevate, just drawing a blank on the guy's name right now, but I've got, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got that book in the go right now too, but EOS Traction, I'm rereading it. I read it about a year and a half ago, but really didn't get into it. Uh, more superficial. Uh, I'm now reading into it. We're deciding whether to hire a coach or whether to do it ourselves. We have to decide the next couple of days which route will go. Uh, just make sure we implement it because I think the traction and the entrepreneur operating system has a lot of legs. So, I do too. I do too. And I apologize, loyal listeners. I tried to gaze real quick. We have, um, but he yeah he showed that book. Um, and then the uh, there was another one that got shared in here, which was the sar- subtle art of not giving a beep. Thought that was an interesting one. I mean, literally, it's 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 Sorry, the business made simple. Sixty days to master leadership, sales, and marketing. There you go. There That's you go. it. Could not think. I drew a complete blank on it, but uh, That's it okay. is it is by. Let me just check. It is by uh, Donald Miller. There you go. Who is uh, your boo? Yeah. She probably watching. She probably watching a little Hulu. I don't know if you spend your time on Amazon Prime or maybe you get your kicks on Netflix. What are you watching when you just need to? <laughs> out and just veg out what do you watch we watch yellowstone finished that about two weeks ago loved it amazing series uh queen of the south loved it sons of anarchy we're kind of we didn't watch a lot of tv to be honest until mm-hmm. na- uh, covid hits and now we kind of went through a bunch of the series uh we went uh, kaminsky method we just finished it up uh with uh, michael douglas Good, good, good laugh. Thirty minutes. It's nice to get something that's not serious and crazy, but uh, really, really love Yellowstone. Got to say, it was uh, one of our favorite ones. Heard a lot of good stuff about Yellowstone. I have to say, it's probably the best so far. It may have come out in 2020, but it was 2021. I think is where it's really picked up because it's on the Peacock Network or something like that. So that makes it off the beaten path and. Uh, makes people challenge. Pretty soon, we're going to be paying for every damn channel. Uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty wild and pretty crazy. I remember back when I was in the '90s, and I remember somebody said to me, "One day you're going to have to pay to watch the Super Bowl." And I thought to myself, "Golly!" Now I pictured it being like pay-per-view, you know, ninety-nine dollars and stuff like that. But then again, hell, if you pay nine dollars a month for the for the subscription. I mean, that's the way that you can watch the Super Bowl. Don't get it wrong. It's going to go there eventually, especially with these advertisers kicking out. And it seems like and not it's once again an opposite effect of, of American sports, probably Canadian too. You say all these people are sitting home. You would think that like sports would be getting their highest ratings. And actually, they're getting their lowest ratings. It's really, really wild. I think, and this is my theory, I think it shows that it's not the time that we have to watch TV. It's the rhythm and the the uh, momentum we get built up in the world that watches it, right? When everybody's really excited about the fact that these two teams are playing, but right now it's just really hard to really get excited because you probably know one somebody that's severely sick or somebody who has passed away, you know? Yeah. And But it's just ironic. It's just ironic. So thank you very much for your time. Um, Jeff, we greatly do. If people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? LinkedIn, where else? Yeah, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, I think JRoy5 on Twitter. Uh, right. e- email jroy at eigroup.ca and Excalibur Insurance. Uh, you can check out our website or Digital Insurance Pint Podcast. Look us up on there. Uh, watch it. some watch some of our episodes. Uh, we, did, we did the video like you're doing, so I think it's all cool. So, Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. I really do appreciate your time, Jeff. I really hey, thank appreciate you, Jason. No, thank and I you. appreciate 
No, thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the things that you do for us. Like I said, you are a Northern star. Um, I don't want to forget Dwight Hipner up there. He's pretty cool too. Um, yeah. But he's quiet. You, Jeff, you're the one, you're the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. And we greatly appreciate the things that you've shown us. Um, if you guys have ever decided that you wanted to be an AI mastermind champion, you'll see the spreadsheets that he has shared with us about how he breaks out his um, his sales and how many, how many leads he has to get and where is he getting those leads from and, and and I mean, you know, when you are a multi-million dollar revenue agency and you're spending 10 to 20% of your budget, that means you're committed and you're committed to growth and you're committed to your team and you're committed to your family and you're committed to your community. And when that means you all started with a commitment to yourself and Jeff, by you investing in yourself, man, it has paid dividends. You have grossly underestimated where you would be in 2020 and 2010 and good for you in that, buddy. Um, loyal listeners, I want to just tell you that I bring people on for, the, for you because I do what I do because I do it for you. I bring people on like Jeff Roy so that you can learn from the best of those. This has been Agency Intelligence Podcast where I gave you a real agent inside a real agency giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass and I am out.